Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. I want you to think for a moment with me. Have you ever met someone when they meet a special someone in their life, their life just kind of changes, their whole focus on life changes? Maybe they start losing weight. Ever met folks like that when they meet that special person? They all of a sudden start dropping weight for that special person. Their whole outlook on life changes, doesn't it? I remember when I met Lori, started taking a serious interest in Lori. I, uh, I don't think I ever used the phone as much as I did then. Or have since. And I mean, like talking to her several times a day. And thinking about glory. You know, you're smiling because you remember that, don't you? Like, when will I see them? And your whole outlook, your whole focus, and everything in your life changes to where your life revolves around that person. You remember that? I think that's a picture of what it should be like in your relationship with God. Because when you enter into a relationship with God, it's the same thing. I think what we talk about in human terms is only a picture of what it should be like in our relationship with God where our whole life and that relationship with Him should be reflected in a different outlook in how we live our lives. But sadly, that's not true for many of us because for many of us, we just keep on going the same way. Same old same old thing, no change at all. But what we're looking at here in First John is we've been looking at the whole issue of friendship with God. And last week we looked at the first four verses where John basically introduces us to Jesus and the relationship with Him, that formal introduction. Now he's going to get into basically talking about how when you meet Jesus, it changes your life. When you understand who Jesus is, when you understand who God is, it changes you. It changes your whole outlook on life. Things have a different look now. You, you see things differently. You act differently. You respond differently. So let's notice what he says here in this passage. Start with verse 5. We're going to look at verse 5, 6, and 7 today. John the Apostle writes, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light... And in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So let's notice as we look at how the meeting of Jesus, how coming to know Jesus changes our lives. So, if we're going to understand that, first thing we need to do is look at verse 5 and notice the character of God. Notice what that character does. The first thing I want you to notice is what John says. The message that he heard, the message that he proclaims to all of us is that God is light. God is light. Notice what he says there. God is light. What's he saying here when he says light? Let me give you an illustration to tell you what I'm talking about. How many of you have a high-definition TV? 
With a high-definition TV, the new technology of high-definition TV, there was an immediate effect on how people in the television business operated their business. There was an immediate effect, because before we had these low-tech televisions, which had such a poor picture resolution, that the visual details of the studio really didn't show up on the screen. So actors and newscasters wore such a thick pancake of man makeup to hide their wrinkles, their moles, and their blemishes. But with HD TV, you now see everything. Before, on the backdrop of those movie studio themes, they, you might see a bookshelf of books. Before, though, those books might actually be fake. The bookshelf might actually be cardboard. And the books might actually just be a painting. But you would never know the difference because of the resolution of TV. But now with HD TV, you see everything. So with HD TV, they had to go and buy literal, actual sets. Because it just revealed all of the character of what was there now. Nothing could be hidden from HD TV. So fake books, cardboard backdrops with painted wood grain went out the door. Still, with low-grade television, the viewer was none the wiser. You didn't know any difference with your old TV, but now with HDTV, you see everything. Using this, the studio camera picked up every scratch, every blemish, everything. And so that forced change in how things needed to be done. Like HDTV, God is light. And with His light, he reveals everything about us. Everything in our life is exposed to His light. See, when we talk about God being light, God represents what is good, what is pure, what is holy, what is true and reliable. And when He shines His light, and when He shines His light in your life, it reveals all of the things in your life that really, let's be honest, other people may not know. And so that's who He is. He reveals the stuff in our lives that we don't like. That we don't like. So He's like. The other thing I want you to notice what John says about the character of God is this. And this is a very important one if we're going to understand the relationship with God. And that's this. There is no darkness in Him. Darkness in the Scripture has a representation of sin, of that which is evil. And so... God is untainted by any evil and any sin. That's His character. He's light. He's pure. He's holy. He reveals all around Him. But there is nothing in Him that is inherently evil. There is nothing inherently sinful about God. That's who He is. I want you to think about that. You and I have the opportunity to have a relationship with the living God who is pure, who is holy, there's no evil in Him, there's no sin in Him. Wow, what a relationship. What are you talking about, George? Let me explain to you. I'll use our human relationships as an example. You and I have relationships. It might be a spousal relationship, it might be a relationship with our siblings, it might be a relationship with our parents, it might be a relationship with friends, it might be a relationship with people at work, or just plain old acquaintances on the street. It might be relationships with folks here at the church. We all have different levels of relationships. And with any relationship, you are having a relationship with a sinful human being. 
Everybody understand that? And with that sinful human being, there is the tendency in all of us to do what? Wrong. And in our relationship with each other, because there's that tendency to do wrong, there is that tendency then for one person to what? Hurt the other person. There is that tendency then for that one person to greatly wrong the other person. And everybody here understands what I'm talking about because I've mentioned a whole lot of different relationships and as you are thinking back in your life, you're probably thinking about somebody who's hurt you and the relationship that they had with you. And that is basically a natural byproduct of human relationships. The fact that we will be hurt, the fact that we will be wrong because we have relationships with sinful human beings. Now here's the problem. The problem is, is that we understand that, but what we do is we transfer that thinking over to our relationship with God. And so some of you here today have a concept of God in which you think that God is being the big heavy in your life. That God is allowing terrible things to happen in your life. But what I'm saying to you is, is that God by His very nature is light. He's pure. He's holy. There is no evil intention ever in God. There is no darkness in Him. So when God interacts with you, it will always be pure, holy, true, what is right. Does everybody understand that? So in in fact, a relationship with God is far superior to a relationship with a human being because a human being, given the right circumstances, given the right opportunity, will what? Hurt you. But what I'm trying to say to you is, is that God would never hurt you. He would always have his, your best interest in heart. See, that's the character of God we're talking about here. Let's go back to my illustration when I started out in the message. Remember when you met that person and you know you just thought they were wonderful? Remember that? They could do no wrong. Now, maybe your parents around you saw that they had some flaws and they knew your flaws, but you didn't see it because you were in love. Remember? And you just kind of overlooked those things, didn't you? You overlooked that uh, maybe they rattled the coffee, you know, the coffee cup too much with a spoon and that irritated you, but because you were in love, you, you overlooked that. Or maybe he, you noticed that when he went into his house with his parents, he, he just kind of kicked off his socks and just left them laying around. Oh, that was okay, that's fine. You just overlooked that. But here's what happens. Then you get married. And that one pair of socks is ten pairs of socks, t-shirts, underwear, pants. And it's like you're no longer blinded by that. You're like, oh. You see the real person now you met. That usually happens about after three years. And so in that human relationship, listen to what I'm saying, in that human relationship, you get disappointed because you realize that the person that you are in that relationship with is human, is sinful. And so that focus, that outlook on life, changes again. Doesn't it? But here's what I want you to understand. When we talk about the relationship with God, it's completely different. Because we're not talking about somebody who changes after you enter into the relationship where you really find out who they are. Because He's always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What? He is light, and there's no darkness in Him. So when you enter into a relationship with Him, you're entering into a relationship with an awesome, 
holy being who loves you and cares for you and is not bent towards evil towards you ever. That's an awesome thought when you think about the character of God. And that is a foundational thing for you and I to understand when we consider having a different outlook on life because we've entered into a relationship with Jesus. So then notice now we get to verse 6. John gets right to the heart of the matter because he says, look guys, if you've entered into a relationship with Jesus, it's going to change you because of who He is. And the reality might be that if you haven't changed, you might be living a lie. So notice what he says, verse 6, and we'll look at it in detail. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. A couple of things I want you to understand what John's saying here. Here's what John was dealing with. In John's day, remember he's writing probably about A.D. 90. He's the last apostle. And by this time, there were many churches that were established and there were false teachers that sprung up and they were trying to deceive the believers at that time. And so there was this teaching that had appeared and some of these teachers who had appeared that said that, okay, you can accept Jesus into your life, but it's okay for you to just go on keep and keep living the way you've always been living before and keep on sinning. Because you have salvation now, you're okay, so just keep doing what you've been doing. But John says, that's not right. Because if you enter into the relationship with God, that changes who you are. And when it changes who you are, it changes the way you act. So he makes two points here in this passage, which I think are very powerful. The first point is this. He says that a hypocritical life is living a lie. A hypocritical life is living a lie. What does he mean here? Well, I think every one of us knows what a hypocrite is, don't we? Every one of us knows what a hypocrite is. Let me give you an illustration to tell you what a hypocrite is. Back in 1992, the Chicago Tribune ran this article. According to Reuters, on April 28th at the 1992 Galveston County Fair and Rodeo, a steer named Huckster, weighing 1,190 pounds, was named the grand champion. The steer was sold at the auction for $13,500 and he was slaughtered a few days after the competition. When the veterinarians examined the carcass, said a contest official, they found something very suspicious. They discovered evidence of what is called airing. To give steers a better appearance, competitors have been known to inject air into the animal's hide in certain places with a syringe and a needle attached to a bicycle pump. You pump long enough, and they got themselves what looks like a grand champion steer. Though, of course, it's against the rules. So the Galveston County Fair and Rodeo Association withdrew the championship title and sale money from Huckster. A pumped-up steer is like a hypocritical person. Hypocrites appear to be more virtuous than they really are. What, what, what are we saying here? John is saying to us, look, if you say you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but yet you continue living in the old lifestyle. What I mean by the old lifestyle is this. If you continue living like the rest of the world in a sinful lifestyle, then he says you're living a lie. You're living a lie. Hey, you and I have met people like that, haven't we? Christian businessmen who, who are believers in Jesus Christ, 
but they'll cheat their customers and their employees. Because somehow in their mind, they've separated the two. They've separated their Christianity from their business. You ever met folks like that? I have. There's a lot of them around. A lot of them. See, here's, here's the thing. This is indicative of our society. I think this problem that John is talking about, saying that we know Jesus, but yet we're going to continue living in darkness, which he points out basically is living a lie, that is indicative in our culture because in our culture we compartmentalize things. We separate things. And that's the big argument that you see on TV now where we're talking about separation from church and state and everything. And, and you need to separate your religious life, your spiritual life from your everyday practical way of life. And, you know, and, that, and that's a bunch of baloney because you are a spiritual being, period. And you actually may be deceiving yourself to think, well, I've got my church life and that doesn't affect the way I live my life the rest of the week. In fact, that's what John is saying. John is saying that you are basically being a hypocrite and that by being a hypocrite, you're living a lie. You're living a lie. Why? Why is he saying that? Because he says, look, when you get introduced to the person of Jesus Christ, because he's light, because he's perfect, because he's awesome, when you understand who he is and when you give your life to him, that changes your whole outlook on life. You become a different person. No longer do you want to do things the way you used to do things now because now you're doing them with Jesus with you. So a hypocritical lifestyle is basically living a lie. He also says this. The other point I want you to see is this. Is that when you live that hypocritical lifestyle, when you say you profess one thing that you love Jesus, but yet you live a different way, basically what you're saying is this, that truth is contradicted by our lives. Notice what he says there in verse 6. He says, we lie and do not practice the truth. What is he saying? Truth is contradicted by our lives. Notice this. People around us know this. People aren't dumb in our community. Your neighbors aren't dumb. Your family members aren't dumb. If you go to them and talk to them about Jesus and tell them that you love Jesus and they need to know Jesus and everything, but yet you keep on doing the same things that they do, you laugh at the same jokes, you cheat your boss the same way they cheat their boss. You cheat on your taxes. You lie. You steal. You do all that stuff. They're smart enough to know that what you say you believe is not really what you believe. Because if you really believed it, it would be reflected in the way you live your life. And so what happens is, is truth is contradicted by our lives. You want to know why many people don't want to know Jesus? It has nothing to do with Jesus. The reason why many people don't want to know Jesus has to do with the people who profess to know Jesus. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And so John says, look, if you're living that hypocritical lifestyle, you're living a lie. And you are basically contradicting the truth that you profess to believe by the way you live your life. You say, wow, what a way to talk about a different outlook on life to approach it from the negative standpoint. Yes, because he wants to get our attention. And the sad thing is that so many of us are here, aren't we? We're living a lie. Because our lives don't reflect what we really believe. And we've got to be honest with ourselves about that. If we really believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, that he's going to one day come and rule again, that he's going to send sinful man to hell then that really needs to change the way you live your life and the whole outlook you have on life. It really needs to change your view of sin in your life. It really does. 
So I want you to notice now what verse 7 says, because verse 7 then tells us about a different outcome. Notice with me what verse 7 says. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Notice something. A couple things he's saying here. First thing he's saying is this. Our relationship is marked by our lives. What does he mean by that? My relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be reflected in how I live my life. If we say we walk in the light as He is in the light, what? If we walk in it, if I walk in the light, if I walk in the relationship with the living God who is pure, who is holy, who is good, there's no evil in Him. As I walk with Him, that's going to be reflected in my life. That's going to be reflected in how I live my life. It's going to be reflected in my life. My relationship with God is going to be marked by my life. You'll know. You'll know. That's what John is saying. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we'll have fellowship with one another. See, the natural byproduct is, is if I have a great relationship with Jesus, I'm going to have a better relationship with you. You understand what I'm saying? See, what John is saying is, is that when you get introduced to this person of Jesus Christ, it's going to change your whole outlook on life. And it's going to be reflected in your lifestyle. It's going to be reflected in how you treat other people. And here's another aspect of that different outlook. Because why? Our lives will be marked by forgiveness. Our lives are going to be marked by the fact that we have been forgiven. Notice what he says. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. Who's us? Me. You. From what? All sin. You see, the different outlook on life is, is that, man, I'm a forgiven being. And I don't deserve it. We all don't. When you grasp the fact that God has forgiven you, it changes how you interact with other people. It changes you. You begin to have a different outlook on life. And it's reflected in the way that you live your life. And the way we live our life is, is that we really, basically, unless you're a hermit on an island, you interact with other people every day, don't you? And when you have that relationship with God, that friendship with Him, it is reflected through your life. You say, okay, George, what do I do with this? i got three things. Three things. First one's a question. Do you have a different outlook on life? Do you have a different outlook on life? Or is it just the same old, same old thing? You've got Jesus, but Jesus is that hat you put on on Sunday morning or whenever you need Him when you go through that crisis. But when you don't need Him, you, you just put Him back on the shelf. And some of us do that. It's like our Bibles. Honey, where, where's that Bible? I haven't seen it since last Sunday. It's where you always put it. And isn't that what we do? We, we put God over here, and when we need Him, He's there for us. Do you have a different outlook on life? Because you've met the living Savior. Do you have a different outlook on life? You've got to ask yourself that question. Now, be honest with yourself. And don't worry, I'm not going to say, how many of you don't? Raise your hand. Because there's no need to do that. It's between you and the Lord. So talk to Him right now and say, Lord, I don't have a different outlook on life. 
My relationship with you hasn't produced a difference in my life. I'm just living life the same old way it is. The way I've always run it. Me. Do you have a different outlook on life? The next question you've got to go, which comes right out of it then, is this. The next question is, are you living a lie? Are you living a lie? Are you saying one thing, I believe in Jesus Christ, but yet, He's over here. I know where He is when I need Him. He's over here. But you live the rest of your life the way you always do. I guess you could say the question is, are you a hypocrite? Uh, Don't ask your spouse. You, You might have fellowship of the intense type. Don't, don't, don't talk to them because they'll, they'll tell you. I, I know how I am. I don't like Lori telling me. She don't like me telling her. So don't, don't ask. You, you, you'll know. Just ask the Holy Spirit to tell you. And the question is, are you living a lie? Are you really living what you believe? Are you really living it? Because if you really believed it, it's going to be reflected in your life. Which brings me to my final point. Reflect the relationship with Jesus in your life. Reflect the relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you how it's done, first of all. Uh, it isn't going to be like, okay, all of a sudden I've got to start being a super spiritual guy. George told me to reflect Jesus, so where's my Bible? Got to carry that around with me? No, that's not what I'm talking about. See, it happens on its own. How you reflect the relationship with Jesus is you spend time with Him. You pray. You talk to Him. And as you pray and you talk to Him, then it starts to illuminate in your life anyhow. Then people will notice that you change. They'll notice there's something different about Him. There's something different about her. What's going on in your life? Did you lose weight? You ever notice people say that all the time? Did you lose weight? I hate that because I gained weight and people say, did you lose weight? No, it's the other thing. Or, yeah, the only weight I've lost is the hair falling out of the top of my head. But when you live the life with Him, talking to Him, interacting with Him, you change and it's automatically reflected. You don't have to do anything like give more money, come to church more often, wear the right clothes, all that stuff. That's empty. That'll just bring emptiness. Emptiness! And you'll still be living a lot. Reflect the relationship. But here, you know what? I can say this. Y'all ain't dumb. If my relationship with Lori ain't right, you'll know. Am I right? Because it'll be reflected. It's the same thing with God. If my relationship with God isn't right, it'll be reflected. Well, let me flip that now. But if it is right, you'll know too. And if your relationship with God is where it should be, it'll be reflected in your life. But you've got to start with those two questions. The two questions are, do you have a different outlook because you do know Him? And the question is, are you living a lie? And if you're living a lie, you just need to go to Him and say to Him, Lord, I've been living a lie. Help me to start living the way You want me to live.
Help me to have that relationship with you that I need to have. Help me to be the person that you want me to be. Only you can do it in my life. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.